over one third of marketers still aren't making any optimizations to their ad creative in flight at all. So that's no media optimization, that's no creative optimization. So really this urgent wake up call is around you're leaving huge amounts of money and media spend on the table without the ability to optimize in flight. And welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. We're the creative effectiveness ad tech platform. And every week I get to interview influential and exciting and intelligent people about the future of our industry and discussing their shiny new object. And this week is absolutely no different. I'm going to introduce Dan and Amy, who are my much-loved colleagues at Automated Creative. So Amy, over to you. Hi, um, my name is Amy Wright. I am the Global Head of Strategy at Automated Creative. Um, I'm a hybrid marketing and business strategist um, with a strong digital and tech focus. And I've been an ad lion for over a decade, working at some of the world's biggest creative agency and have now landed at AC with Tom and Dan. And I'm Dan Mosley. Um, similarly, I used to work in creative agency background, but I had a slightly different path. So I kind of went through the early days of social media into sport and a lot of sport production and then moved over to Toronto, um, where I kind of set up a new agency office over here. And yeah, recently joined AC as the managing director for North America. Uh, last question. What do you both want for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Obviously, everyone to come to the webinar. But uh, no, my answer last year was uh, rewiring my house. So I think maybe this year um, we'll be going for plumbing. Yeah, I'm organising a wedding in Brazil. So for that to be as easy as possible and no stress over the Christmas period. So what we're going to talk about is a white paper that Dan and Amy have written called Compounding Creative, an urgent Q4 wake-up call. So as it stands, it's the 20th of September the biggest commercial quarter of the year is coming up and brands are poised to put their money behind some creative. But is it in fact the right creative? And are brands able to change that creative in flight if it turns out to be not doing very well? So big bets, big complications, big worries for some very big brands. But Dan and Amy have done some brilliant research and we're going to share some of those highlights with you today. So Dan, Amy, what are the key headlines that people listening to this podcast should be very very aware of the majority of senior marketers we surveyed said that they're feeling more pressure to deliver efficiency versus last year that's 64 percent of respondents so massive massive crowd of people who are feeling pressure but not necessarily knowing how to address that the really interesting bit that comes out of that is that 44% of people expect their budget to reduce if Q4 fails to meet targets. So it's not just a feeling. They're really starting to realize that this is kind of a budgetary issue. Over a quarter of that felt it would be cut by at least 20%. You know, that's quite a sizable one-fifth drop in your budget next year if you don't hit targets this year. Over one-third of marketers still aren't making any optimizations to their ad creative in flight at all. So that's no media optimization, that's no creative optimization. So really this urgent wake up call is around, you're leaving huge amounts of money and media spend on the table without the ability to optimize in flight. What was the process? How did you get to that insight? We as an ad tech platform have optimized over 6 billion impressions worth of creative data. So we've gone back through our different campaigns to look at kind of key findings and insights that are true and common to all of those. And we're also super lucky through the podcast, through AWA, to have the ability to connect to 
hundreds of senior marketers worldwide. And so we had a survey and we asked them key questions around their attitudes to Q4, how they were finding it versus last year, um, key barriers that were stopping them from uh, driving efficiency and kind of more questions around how they found the working relationships between their teams. And, and then finally, we've done um, a massive draw. Uh, Dan and I, I think, have read every single paper on efficiency, effectiveness, and agile spending that's been published in the last five years. And so we've also got a really great wealth of data from other surveys that have been carried out or other papers from our partners like the WFA, who are really contributing in this space around effectiveness as well. Jobs in AdTech. Are you looking for a new role in the industry? Head over to jobsinadtech.com today. Employers attract top talent for as little as £50 per open job role. Jobsinadtech.com, supporting the adtech industry because people matter. Where did you guys get the idea to do this? Like why if your part of Automated Creative decided to do this? What value is it bringing to the industry? There was a huge swell around the idea of media wastage. So billions of dollars are being spent in the wrong place. Um, and the industry is really starting to wake up to how do we fix this? Do we solve for it in media? Do we solve for it in creative? And a really core chat we've had recently is with the World Federation of Advertisers, as Amy just mentioned. We're partnering with them on this paper. We've been talking to them a lot recently. They've just released a sort of study that senior marketers worldwide, one of the things they feel least confident about is the um, time or having the right information to hand make a decision. So in there, you know, they've got a process, they've got a long journey of how do we improve effectiveness in our organization? And a really, really clear need is to have information to hand so they make the right decision at the right time. So a big thing for me when I saw early draft of the report was the figure about how many people aren't optimizing media or creative like at all. Logically, you would want your creative and your media to optimize that all of your production and media spent so why are people choosing not to optimize live do you think so i think ultimately it's not a choice it's something they're forced into by circumstance and um, so the stat again is that a third of marketers are not optimizing digital campaigns in flight at all and um, the analogy I kind of like to use to compare this to is it's the equivalent to front loading all of your spend, all of your creative development and energy um, into building a rocket ship. It's the most perfect rocket ship. You've got the smartest brains working on it. And it's kind of the equivalent to then trying to fly it to the moon without any mission control. So the idea that once something is delivered, you can just set and forget it, I think is really prevalent. But ultimately, the blockers we found to people optimizing in flight kind of come into two camps. So the first is time to decision. So that really touches on that WFA stat. Um, within our own stats, we actually found that only 2.6% of marketers felt fully confident that they had enough information mid-campaign to take a decision around creative effectiveness. Um, but the other one is then time to action. So it's the ability to then, once you've got that insight, actually do something about it. And that's how we found that breakdown playing out across uh, all of the survey data. And one of the things that you guys keep coming back to is this disconnect between creative and media. So why has that come about and why is that an issue specifically in Q4 Christmas holiday season? A really big thing for me is like scoping. So your creative agency are not scoped in the same way that the media agency are. 
and the creative agency you know want to bring a big brilliant brand idea to life you've got that brilliant brand expression once that's delivered how it's put into media isn't always the priority so there aren't necessarily always incentivized to be tweaking digital toolkits or you know using agency hours to deliver 50 different variants of an idea like that's not that's not necessarily how their scopes or even how their expertise is spent best so we've actually found in a bit of the report that you know using automation using some kind of service that can help make those digital toolkits go into media more effectively means that your agency creatives who love their campaign they've kind of they've delivered the work they need to do they don't have to do that part it can be done by automation etc so there's partly that creative handover that you know the the final bit of squeezing all the juice out of it and making sure the media is effective isn't necessarily their responsibility same thing on media is that you know media are optimized to get the right placements the right audience right platform right time um what's actually going on in the creative isn't necessarily their skill so they're not always um you know best set up to tell you what's working why is it working you know what themes are coming through here like what are people responding to they're really good at telling you which ad worked but not necessarily why so uh, unsurprisingly as i work for a creative effectiveness platform um there are kind of tech solves and infrastructure that can help with this um obviously our platform is one of them um but part of it is about getting everyone on the same page with an infrastructure that plays to all of those different strengths that Dan was talking about. What we're not saying is that the media side or the creative side is better than the other. It's about being able to translate those two worlds and making sure that they work together. Um, Equally, there's a bit of a empathy thing, I think, from clients to understand that actually the speed and pace at which partners are asked to deliver at now in combination with just the breadth and depth. So we're looking at more digital platforms than ever and through the funnel campaigns, a lot more complex audience structures generally as well. It's giving them the tools that they need to do the job that they can do best. So it's that collaboration piece that helps us cut down the timing. But ultimately, when you're dealing with the sorts of scale and speed that we need to work with now, and automation and technology is really the only solve because the size and scale of it you just cannot keep scaling that effort across each of the new platforms you have to find a way to kind of cut out that scale challenge and, and automation really is the only way to do that this episode of the shiny new object podcast is brought to you in partnership with manfest whether it's live in london or streamed online to the global marketing community you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content startup innovation pitches and unconventional entertainment from madfest events you'll find me causing trouble on stage recording live versions of this podcast and sharing a beer with the nicest most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. I think there's also another thing that um, there's something in like training creative teams to like demand the information back on what's gone live quicker. So I used to work in social. I, you know, I had brilliant creatives who really, really interested every single time a post went live of, what's happening what could we do more of what could we do less of how could we make it better every time and i think that mentality when you're looking at q4 and you've got these huge huge campaigns that might take two three months to land properly or you've got you know 
we found Christmas ads are going live in probably in the next 30 days. You're going to start seeing a wave of them. Um, from that launching to getting to the end of year, that's quite a long period. And if you're not seeing the immediate return of that, you know, until end of campaign reports, so you're not really learning from that. Sometimes it sort of demotivates teams. Whereas I think what we want to do is there's, you know, live dashboards or there's quicker turnaround insight. And if you can give that to teams and make them feel energized and excited by it, rather than feeling like, oh my God, it's another thing I need to action. It should be a really exciting prod of, okay, I can see what's coming live. I can see what works in the things I've put out. How might I do more of it? I think we've all probably sat in presentations where we're just seeing Excel spreadsheets and charts of percentage numbers and click-through rates. But if you're not contextualizing that data, if you're not telling the story that comes out of it, it does become slightly meaningless and a bit much of a muchness. I think when you find those little nuggets of wisdom, the why of an ad working, it's something that teams get incredibly excited by because it gives them that start point to find something else or go something new or do a little bit more of something. Really finding that story and that insight and using that as a hook to do something bigger, better and, and more evolved, but still within that kind of bigger campaign framework. So make it really simple for me. You've got two similar brands with two similar products. You've got one brand that's going to do the traditional approach and you've got one brand that's going to compound creative effectiveness. What, why will those two marketers' lives be different? I've actually got a perfect stat for this in the white paper. Um, the difference between those two teams is 17%. And that is 17% is what we see the average added media value or methodology returns on where you optimize versus non-optimize. So we can see it in platform. We can see it in our results. If you want to improve the value of your media by 17%, optimization can deliver that. Not doing it, you're just leaving money on the table. So the most exciting thing to me about in-flight data, particularly when you're looking at creative and the triggers that are driving performance, so whether that's messaging themes or language or tone or specific copy or the visuals you're using, there's a real tendency in this industry to default to kind of industry best practice. And that is something that every single brand in that category can access. When you're looking at your own creative data, you're really giving it the context of your own brand and your own audience and how they are responding in the moment. So it becomes a lot more relevant. It's your own data. It's it's kind of special and bespoke to you. And it's something that I think is just firstly much more valuable and much more useful. But it's like this treasure trove of things that unless you start digging into that data, you don't actually know what you're going to find. Don't go into a campaign assuming that you know the thing that is going to perform best. Give it a little bit of leeway either side. Try some different types of messages that if you were only running one ad, you might not try and explore because it's often those extra things at the peripheries that do really, really well and actually outperform kind of the safer sort of more core brand lines. Funny way of looking at this, and I don't know why, Tom, your description of two people standing side by side, uh, it's got me sort of in like football brain. Uh, I used to work in sport a lot, so that's kind of where my head's at. <laughs> but I would say at the, the, at the end of the season, if you had, or let's call it a match, if you had two two brands, very similar teams doing similar things, if one of them looks at what's happening in front of them and makes no changes and they accept it, you know, kind of going okay, but they're not really changing, they're not really you know, making any effort to to push it forward. I would contrast that with a team that are 
actively managing what's happening on the field. They're moving things around. They're trying different things to, you know, perform better. And I think that in my head is just, we have the tools, technology, teams, information to hand to do these things. I think more and more like the, the people we work with want to be seen as, you know, active on the front foot, making those changes. And I think, you know, the more I think about it is we need to just give people permission or, you know, make them excited about fiddling with campaigns and, you know, pushing things forward rather than accepting, you know, maybe older ways of working, which is just set, forget, you know, see what happens and report at the end. I think, I think a lot of management is going to start demanding that their teams optimize and some of the best people we work with do that. Thinking of your sporting metaphors, there was the um, marginal gains kind of chat from London 2012 Olympics was always something we talked about. This is like marginal gains, except the margins are not marginal. We get really significant uplifts and double figures percentage points most of the time across campaigns through the funnel. Um, So looking at those two different teams, I think as more people start live optimizing, people are going to get left behind and their competitors are going to start outstripping them because it's almost like a lever that if you're not pulling, you're leaving so much on the table. So what can the audience expect from the webinar? So first off, we've got some great guests. We've got uh, joining us our World Federation of Advertisers who hopefully are going to do a foreword in our white paper and join us for the chat. We've got partners from uh, Brown Foreman and we've got partners from Mars joining us to give a bit of you know how they did it and i think some of that might just be really nice to know you know organizationally how do they do it how do they set an optimization how they get teams on board with what they're doing and then what we're trying to do on the webinar is give you a set of things that easily can go into action in q4 really quick tactics that aren't going to change the fundamentals of your campaign they can bolt in easily um and yeah just being as least disruptive as we can be, but for the maximum amount of impact. If you would like to attend the Compounding Creative and Urgent Q4 Wake Up Call virtual event, you can see the link in the show notes, or if you listen to this somewhere, somewhere below you, somewhere in your app, we will share a link. So we'll be excited to see you then.